Hello, and welcome back to The Snob Club, the podcast where we look at the movie that got the most nominations at the Oscars, but no wins. This is our first two-part episode. What? That means there was a tie at the Oscars this year. But before we get into that, we should probably say who we are. I'm Danny Vincent. I'm Caleb Bunn. I never know. I never know if Sarah's gonna go or not, so I always hold back. <laughs> I'm used to going last. Um, I'm Sarah Kanoff. Also, I'm sleepy. Me too. <laughs> I just ate some yogurt. I'm up and at them. I've already watched a movie today, specifically the movie we're talking about. I've had some rounds of Mortal Kombat. I'm good to go. Wow, I appreciate you watch because me and Sarah, I believe we both watched it last night, right? Yes. Yeah. So, Caleb, you will be have this more fresh in your mind. Even though I remember a lot of this movie, this is a pretty memorable one. But uh, let's uh, let's do what I do for my little countdown thing. So this year, there were six nominations for a movie titled One Night of Love. It won two awards: best score and Best Sound Recording. Then there were five nominations for Cleopatra. Cleopatra won, an, won Best Cinematography. The Gate of Orsi got five nominations. It won... What did The Gate of Orsi win? It won an award. It, it's not actually about a gay divorcee. It's about a happy man who's divorced. So, won best song. a gay divorcee. <laughs> yeah, well, they should remake it. I'm just saying with an accurate title. And it happened one night, one... F- this is a terrible way to start Pride. Yeah, I know. It happened one night, one... F- oh, got five nominations, won all five awards. It won picture, director, actor, actress, screenplay. And then... a boy, Riskin. There are two films that got four nominations and didn't win. But one of them, Viva Villa, won Best Assistant Director, which is an award we should bring back. Let's bring back Best Assistant Director. Um... But the one we're talking about today is The Thin Man, which was nominated for four Oscars and won none. Sarah, what are those awards? All right. Um, so The Thin Man was nominated for Best Picture, um, Best Director for W.S. Van Dyke, uh, Best Actor in a Leading Role for William Powell, uh, Best Writing Adaptation for Francis Goodrich and Albert Hackett. And it lost all those awards to one movie, right? Yes, they all it won or it <laughs> lost uh, everything to it happened one night. So, but it's okay because our boy Riskin won an award. Yeah, so, we'll so Clark it. Gable won best leading actor, uh, Frank Capra won best director, and then Robert Riskin won best writing. Well, only the one for Lady for a Day would have been better for the Thin Man. All right. Um, so where do we want to start with this? Well, what's this movie about? Or do we have any historical okay. context first? <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> what? We have no historical context. I do want to say I, I looked up. I looked up one thing. It might come up. It might not. It's not very interesting. Well, so let's we'll see. talk a little bit. I have historical context that I want to bring up that I think is to me interesting. Is that Myrna Loy is our first returning actor on this podcast? Mm. Good yes. job, Myrna Loy. Uh, this is her breakout role, according to Wikipedia. I'm going to trust that because this seemed like it was a big deal. If only at the time. Look, I'm just saying that on the Wikipedia article for where Rise to Stardom, it begins with her being cast as Nora Charles in The Thin Man. That's where her Rise to well, Stardom she, begins. <laughs> a, big punk, a big chunk of her career was working with William Powell and stuff. Yeah, right? and this was her first, uh, first time they worked. This movie got, I think, five sequels for a total of six films in the franchise yeah is, uh, it's our first franchise film as well but it won't be our last <laughs> yeah it definitely won't be <laughs> i actually forgot CU. about it <laughs> um honestly i'm a little worried this is gonna be revived now because you know what this gave me this gave me like uh vibes of kind of being obviously it's based off a of book too but it reminded me of like this being a precursor to the now uh perot and benot blanc of the world, you know, the whodunits we're getting now. And of course, whodunits have been around in Hollywood forever. Those are just the ones we get today. Um, but this felt like a very, very early whodunit. And has the same, like, breezy qualities that both, at least the pro movie does. And, of course, Knives Out has a very breezy quality to it, too. Uh, maybe those are just the vibes I got, though. 
Me and Mealy watching a movie going like, this reminds me of Knives Out when it came out 80 years ago. <laughs> it's, no, it's definitely like, um, it's definitely a murder mystery. I wouldn't, I don't know if I could call it an early murder mystery because those tropes have been around like literature for so long. Oh, I meant film. I do um, mean film. Of course, yeah. I mean, Perot was before this, I know, in writing anyway. Yeah. So Christie was already writing stuff. Yeah. yeah. I was just talking about like today's ones. Uh, but yes. Uh, so the thin man, we have no historical context for it. It was during the depression. Uh, that's what the, that's what the, the Tartar classic movies guy said, even though I didn't know who he was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. No, it was a different guy. It's so weird. It has to be Mank. No, I, so I'm used to Robert Osborne. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to being Mank, honestly. Benjamin Mankiewicz. I'm not comfortable. I'm not comfortable with this gatekeeping of the <laughs> Turner Classic Movies hosts. So the movie begins with the title, which is The Thin Man. Caleb, I'm going to let you, on, honestly, Caleb, I'm going to let you detailed. guide, uh, if you just finished the movie, you should guide the discussion of the story. I'm just saying, like, if you just finished it, you, you're the one who's going to remember the details the best. I'm not sure, because there are a lot of moving pieces here, so we're probably going to oversimplify a bit. We're, of course, going to spoil the movie, so, um, but I think this is one that you should probably check out. Yeah, it's fun. Um, just because, even besides spoiling it, I'm sure we'll miss some details. Um... There is a inventor. Um, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, it is. He's the, the titular page thin over. man, though. Uh, it's so we'll Wynant. just call him. It's Wynant. It's his Wynant. last name. His first yeah. name's uh, something else. Clyde, but we can call him Wynant because the movie really yeah. only ever calls him Wynant. Yeah, and his daughter Dorothy comes to his shop one night, and it's like, "Hey, yo, I want you to give me away." And he's like, mm, I'm not sure, you, you know, we are kind of an estranged family, are we not? And she's like, yeah, but I don't like my mother, so you should give me away. And then he's like, okay, cool. I'm going to go on this trip. I'm not going to tell anyone wh where I'm going. And then when I come back, I'll give you away. Uh, so he goes on this trip, but uh-oh, he doesn't come back. And everybody's like, oh, I wonder where he is. And then his mistress is found dead. And everyone's like, oh, who killed the mistress? It must have been whining. Meanwhile, William Powell is playing this uh, this detective named Nick, who's retired, and he's visiting New York with his recently uh, recently married bride, played by Myrna Loy, and They're he doesn't great. want anything to do with this. <laughs> They're great. Yeah, he, does, <laughs> he doesn't want anything to do with this uh, this mystery, but things keep pulling him in, and then eventually he's like, okay, I'll do it. All these people seem to be getting the details wrong anyway. And it ends with him, you know, bringing, you know, investigating all that fun shenanigans and bringing every, all the suspects to a dinner party. And then boom. Yeah. Boom. That's it. That's, that's the movie. That's the podcast. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Uh, <laughs> <y 'all>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where do we want to begin with this? Uh, so I feel like I can get my critique out of the way early, which is that. And this isn't a hot take. After I watched the movie, I went on Letterboxd, read some thoughts, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I think. Is that when Powell and Lawyer are on the screen together, this movie is awesome. Unfortunately, that's actually not a lot of the movie. It's probably maybe a fourth, maybe a third, if I'm going to be a bit more kind to it. Uh, and I'm saying they have to be on screen together. Because Powell has a lot of stuff on his own in this, and I'm just kind of like, alright, get back to Lawyer. I like the two of you together. I don't really like you. You know what I mean? Hot take, but not really hot because it seems like it's a consensus take according to Letterboxd. <laughs> yeah, I see where you're coming and I don't fully disagree, but I would say the beginning, because it's like 13 minutes before either Loy or Pal comes in or before any comedy starts, which this is sold as a comedy. Um, but those first 13 minutes of setup, I do actually think are really good. Um, I think the mystery gets a lot worse when they start investigating, but... The setup to it, I found fun. Yeah, I liked, um, I'm trying to think of, there's a supporting actor inside, I like who I'm not listing as my supporting actor, but he's the brother of Dorothy. Uh, oh, Gilbert? Yeah, is that who it? Yeah, Gilbert's You know who hysterical. he reminded me of? He really reminded me who? of James Marsden for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Like, he oh, looked like that, James Marsden to me. <laughs> uh, the person who reminded me of someone in this was, uh, Joe Morelli, 
But also, this is because Morelli is like the gangster. So I immediately jumped to, oh, it's Joe Pesci or, oh, it's Bob Hoskins. Even though I don't think about it, I don't think Bob Hoskins ever really played a gangster. Maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, this isn't the podcast yeah, where we talk about some like Nelson. Gilbert was, <laughs> Gilbert was played by William Henry, and he's the younger brother of Dorothy who's obsessed with uh, like psychology or and like trying to pinpoint psychosis. Might have I come over and look at that dead Sure, yeah. Hal, we'll bring it down to you. <laughs> Starts off great by talking about um, the Oedipal complex. It's wonderful. <laughs> He's very much the stereotypical intellectual, but I enjoy it. Who also believes in like crystal balls and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's very weird. <laughs> like He's like, I saw him too, my crystal ball. Uh, all right. So should we try to break this down in order like we normally do? Sure. Yeah, sir. Do you have any thoughts on the opening? On the opening? Um, I mean, I've already said this before, I think, but like, to me, old actors all look the same. I mean, they just do. So for me, I didn't know who was the main character. <laughs> you know, I have a funny story about that, uh, is that I saw Touch of Evil last night too, and I completely forgot when it came out, like in like what decade it came out. And I was like, Charlton Heston kind of looks like a young Orson oh my Welles. God. Who's Orson Welles playing? I'm going to assume he's the fat one. And then I was right. <laughs> so yeah, for like, me, it was kind of like, it was, a, it's definitely an interesting setup in the fact that like, even though the Charleses are like the main characters, the mystery, for the sake of the mystery, you meet the Winants and, you know, all of, some suspects, but not all of them. The suspects kind of come and go. It's a bit strange how the suspects are introduced. I feel like that's a um, a way whodunits generally do it, which is what I kind of like. It's like that's what I meant. Like this feels like a precursor. Like, hate to jump back to it, but Knives Out, right? You don't really meet Daniel Craig until like thirty minutes into it. So uh, that's kind of what this was. Obviously. I'm saying Knives Out was probably, I think it was, I remember reading at the time, I think this was, it was an influence on that movie, but yeah. Yeah, I guess I do think it's weird going back. Just, just knowing the premises about husband and wife who are going to solve a mystery. And then you're introduced to a husband and wife couple. Yeah, yes. I, yeah. I just thought they were going to be the people up until Powell and Loy were introduced. Yeah. I kept on being like, is that Powell and Loy? Cause it doesn't look like, cause I've seen a uh, Powell. Of course we saw Loy a few, like last month in Aerosmith, but I've seen Powell and his girl Friday. Just barely though. Yeah. But I've seen uh Powell and his girl Friday, not his girl Friday. Why did I say that? My man, Godfrey. I'm crazy. He's not in his girl Friday. I not, not, anyway, yeah, he's in my men Godfrey, so I knew what he was like, and I was like, that doesn't look like him. He looks way too young, because I know Godfrey's just a few years after this. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I was thrown too. Like, what the heck? And I was also wondering where their dog was, because I was marketed there'd be a dog, and there was no dog in these first 15 minutes. Oh, yes, <laughs> there is a dog. <laughs> I also like the very over-the-top... Um, for just staying the 15 minutes and jumping around a bit, I like the uh, the the mom of uh, Dorothy, who is very, I don't want to say over the top. I don't know. She's just, she's, she's, she's acting. She was who I thought was going to be who done it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, I know who it is. And then it wasn't it. I was there wrong. is one thing. Okay. So, so why not the thin man? He says that he has to go. He's he he's gonna leave for three months. Um, but he's gonna be back in time for his daughter's wedding. But he has to go on a very important trip. But we never know what this trip is, and this trip is seemingly unimportant. Unimportant. I think it's like he's doing. He's just trying to get away to do some inventing. Um, because like the beginning of the film, he's like constantly being interrupted and stuff. And also, he's kind of an idiot, so... Yeah, he's he's absent-minded. That's what people keep saying. So he couldn't be a killer because he's too he's too loopy. He would forget how to kill someone. <laughs> uh, I want to say... Well, first, he reminded me of... This is going to be the episode where Danny just says stuff that things reminded him of. He reminded content. me of Maurice and Beauty and the Beast. I was waiting for it to be just Maurice and Beauty and the Beast because he's like, Oh, I'm an inventor, and I love my daughter. But I'm going to go get lost. 
and then he gets murdered. I think that's the thing that like carried me through these 13 minutes is that I like his relationship with Dorothy. Yeah. Um, but of course he disappears and becomes kind of this MacGuffin. Um, and so we completely lose sight of that. And maybe that's why the, the mystery didn't grab me in the rest of the movie. Uh, and then I have one more thing to mention about characters in the first half. Is it about the Joker? Is it about how the Joker shows up? Actually, yeah, it is. But before we get to that, I want to respond to Sarah in a way of bringing it up. Is that if anyone's the, the James Marsden in this movie, it's the it's the role the Joker has. Because he just shows up, he's like, I'm sad that I'm your husband, but I'm poor. I'm never going to be as good as your old husband. <laughs> and it's very, uh... Oh, you're talking you about, know, are you the, talking uh, about Chris? Yeah. I was like, who are you talking I, I was, about? <laughs> it's the Joker, baby. He's Cesar Romero. Oh, yeah, is he's he? A very, yeah, but yeah. he's very young. He's like I in his 20s. Well, I was probably because he didn't have a mustache. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bit weird. I didn't know it was until I opened this Wikipedia page. I was like, I want to talk about the husband character. I was like, oh, I know why Caleb's talking about Batman today. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I, I was convinced that he was going to be the killer solely because I was like, it's the Joker. Of course the Joker did it. <laughs> and he like he like runs off and disappears. He's in one scene at the beginning, runs off and then doesn't show up till the end. And I was like it has to be him. He's like you know I'm gonna do it and then everybody's like don't do it and then <laughs> he just appears later. He goes off to Gotham for a spat <laughs> and then comes back. All right. And then we get to the the thing. The, 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 the titular characters that we want to see that aren't actually in the title, but people think that well, eventually the title, the they become the titular. Eventually, <laughs> eventually they become the down, down the road in this franchise to become the titular character. Uh, we meet the, the, the Charleses. I was trying to think of how to say their name, the Charleses. And you meet them at a hotel where they're just trying to get to the hotel and let their dog in. And it's great. Yeah. Um, Nick is Nick is uh, teaching the waiters how to pour a martini, um, which becomes his personality trait. Is that it's he's a drunk? Of, it's kind of both of their personality traits. I feel like they are a hard drinking couple. It really is because it's <laughs> <laughs> they're fun. They they are uh, I, as I said earlier. Like when they're on screen, this movie is really really great. Um, they're just constantly quite funny. They've got chemistry. They, uh, they get drunk. They, they make fun of each other all the time. It's so nice. Well, you they guys, make these, they make faces at each other yes. and it's really fun. Yeah. Myrna Loy's face. Myrna Loy's face. I mean, you movie. guys know who wrote the movie. It was a, a married couple. It's a husband and wife team. Really? Yeah. That makes a lot of I, sense. I did not know that. Wow, she won the Pulitzer Prize. They both won the Pulitzer Prize, actually. Yeah, well, yeah, they were a writing team, yeah. They won a Pulitzer Prize for writing the, looks like the play adaptation of Diary of Anne Frank, yeah. And they also wrote, uh, let's see, they wrote After the Thin Man, which was the first sequel, Father of the Bride, and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. And they were nominated for uh, all of those, but never won. So heavy hitters. They also wrote, wow, we have to uh, we have to rescind something from a few weeks ago, which is uh, remember how we were talking about how Riskin should have like in Capra, like they always work together. They wrote Capra's most famous movie, I would say. They wrote It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, and this With is Capra. Albert Hackett and Francis Goodrich. Yeah, uh, I like how the, actually, I just want to point out on the Wikipedia page, it lists everything they did, and they're like, they also wrote another Thin Man, it's, and it's a Wonderful Life. As if It's a Wonderful Life should be the afterthought. Well, and that's interesting too, because I find the romance parts of It's a Wonderful Life to be like the strongest scenes in the entire movie. Yeah, well, this you get some of it here, I guess. Wow, I'm. I, yeah, I don't know. We shouldn't get too much on It's a Wonderful Life, but I'm just like, wow, mm -hmm. if anything was written by Riskin, I would have guessed that one. Uh, yeah, You know what yeah. I mean? It's very Capra. I, I I will say, I think you can definitely tell that this is written by a married couple, now that's been pointed out to me, because unlike every other movie we've watched, 
the wife isn't just sidelined at the end. She's sidelined in the middle at a particular Which point. Which is the worst part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but there, but like by the end, there isn't any like she gets some like comeuppance or like put in her place. They just, they have some fun together and then they have sex. Yeah. yeah. Reminded me of North Point North I was going to say the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> Except this time it has a dog. That dog. Uh, not in it. We should talk about the dog. Enough. We didn't talk about the dog yet. Uh, we're going to talk about the dog. Don't worry. Well, <laughs> we have we have uh, dog time later. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Pecans is around. Would this one the palm dog? I hope so. No, but. Actually, I'll be honest. I felt like the dog was a bit oversold to me. I thought he was going to be in the movie more. I yeah, mean, the dog needed more screen time. I think so. The do- this was okay. <laughs> the dog is third build. So yes, so the dog is played by <laughs> the dog is played by Skippy, who is one of the most famous dog actors. Of I did a lot of research on Skippy because, of course, I did. He was one of the most famous dog actors of all time. At the time, dogs were being paid like three dollars. A day on set, and he had a salary of two hundred fifty dollars a week. Um, that's probably a lot more than a lot <laughs> of the actors were being paid. And he was so this was like such a breakout role for him that he went by Asta in his career. Like his name is Skippy, but he also went by Asta so much so that in the sequels, even after he had retired, he still was credited because like he had originated the role. What an icon. I know. And I actually had seen another movie with Skippy because he has a very famous scene in uh, uh, Cary Grant comedy, The Awful Truth, um, where he plays. He's the dog in The Awful Truth. He's the dog in The Awful Truth. Uh, He's also bringing up Baby. Yes, he's also bringing up Baby. Um, yeah, so he's, he was a very, he's a superstar. I mean, really, he was, he's a very famous dog and his, like, his trainer was even paid less than him, which like, obviously the trainer got to pocket his money, but yeah. (laughs) Skippy the dog. I was, I was being like, I was thinking every time the dog popped up, it's like, this is such a stereotypical, like old movie dog breed. I need to look up to see if this was a more common breed. No, it's just, it was the same dog in all these movies. Yes. In uh, Myrna Loy's autobiography, she wrote that the actors were not allowed to interact with Skippy between takes because the trainers thought it would break his concentration. And Skippy once bit Myrna Loy. How dare he? I know. <laughs> and he still got paid wow. $250 for the week. So no third build. <laughs> Skippy, Skippy was the Jared Leto of his time. <laughs> he was getting in character. He was a method actor. So we get into the... Uh, we get into the well, there's a party first uh, at um, the the Charleses. Is that their name? Yes. In their apartment, and uh, there are just a bunch of yeah. There are a bunch of weird characters. There are some old cop buddies of um, Nick's. There are some old gangster buddies of Nick's that he helped put away. There are reporters there hounding him about the murder because they think he's gonna solve it. And then one by one, the family shows up. Um, and he's like trying to shepherd them off into like different rooms and stuff like that. Very make sure little screwball comedy type of thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, Gilbert's there like just saying way too much to the press. Um, I feel like we should point out that the murder is not the thin man's murder. It is yes. the thin man's lover's murder. Yeah, his mistresses. And his the 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 mom who reminded me of Michelle Pfeiffer and Elizabeth Moss's love child. Uh she, because uh, you know, everyone reminds me of something. Uh, she pried out of her hand the uh, the necklace or something that belonged to her husband. So they think her ex husband, her ex husband. So they think Wynant did it, but they want to hide it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's, yes. 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 <laughs> that is what happened. <laughs> well, and during this during this whole thing, Nick never believes Wynan did it. He um he yeah. doesn't seem he, doesn't he never seems too concerned about. Yeah, he never seems too concerned about Wynan getting convicted, but he he's very casual about all of this. Um, he takes on the case more as a lark to make uh make Myrna Loy happy than anything else. Yeah. Um uh, I'm trying to think of what else in the scene this time about 
Oh, well, we didn't say this earlier, but I want to give a shout out to the joke at the end of the scene because you mentioned them being drunks. After their first scene together, uh, it ends with, uh, I think Myrna's like, how many alcohols have you had? He's like, oh, Martins have you had? He's like, oh, I've had six. And she's like, okay, then I'll order five more. <laughs> Very... The joke at the party that I really like is um, she's like, hand me that drink. And he like just picks up, takes the shot and gives it back to gives her the empty glass. It's it's like this very fun, um, felt very natural. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a, it's a nice little movie. The end. No. Alcoholism uh, <laughs> is fun, guys. Uh, but you know what? I want to move on a little bit and talk about how even though this was alcohol and this is very much a pre-code film, they still sleep in separate beds, which I yes. thought was pretty pretty yes. amusing. <laughs> Up until the end. They do. When but Skippy also a gets a bed to himself. There's also a lot of, there's a lot of sex jokes. And some that were even threatened to be um, censored. Like she has a, a line. Sexagenarian joke. She has a line where she says, um, like, why is he going through my drawers or something? Which was almost cut. Um, there's a line about, uh, there's a joke about like, human trafficking um i mean there's a lot of weird stuff here that was a little risque even for being pre-code well i think that there need to be more sex jokes all around more murder i have a question about the humor for y'all um i really enjoyed the chemistry and banter between uh between the charles's um, but I didn't find m- m- any of it funny. Uh, I just enjoyed kind of the rhythm and yeah. their like chemistry together. Did any of the humor? There are like one or two offhanded jokes I like, but did any I think of the humor Gilbert work for y'all? Gilbert is hysterical. Gilbert Gilbert's is, great. Gilbert is a very funny character. I also think, not intentionally, that Morelli is quite funny because he shows up and he's the most generic gangster ever. And it's very to me. I was very confused on why he was in the movie. I yeah. also oh there's a joke I love with um the girl I can't remember what it is she says something so over the top directly to the camera oh I can't remember what it was uh I don't know who it is it's so there's like a woman maybe you yeah, guys can tell me who it is yeah I was gonna say this other woman that I have no idea why she was <laughs> no, there she was, <laughs> yeah. but she I don't remember exactly what she says but she says something to the camera that's so over the top where it's like, if you weren't this, you weren't this, I wouldn't date you. And then if you did this, I wouldn't date you. And then if it was this, I still wouldn't date you. And that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a criminal who like is kind of a snitch for the cops, but he's been holding out some information. So they go there um, and it kind of reveals that he was having a fling with the mistress. And so his wife gets super mad at him. Um, and she, she's only in two scenes, but she's, she's a lot also fun. in the end and she's like, I'm just leaving. I'm not, this has nothing to do with yeah. me. Let me go. <laughs> well, and to be fair, she did not need to be there. Yes. No, there was a lot of people that honestly did not need to be there. Well, Especially I like because he Gilbert probably, I feel like he probably had it figured out sort of, even though at that point I was like, who, who did this? Cause I have no idea. Well, the whole, the whole premise of the, of the dinner is that he's going to, kind of lean on all the suspects until one of them snaps, which I think is a very bad plan, but it worked out. It's the entertaining plan. And that's what matters is just being entertaining more than it making sense. Come on. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so then the movie separates our bo- uh, the Charleses for whatever reason. I would hope in the sequels that they get to solve the mysteries together. Um, but in this one, they don't really. The man yeah, goes off like, on his own, and Myrna stays at home to hang out for dog. Which honestly, probably drink and have alcohol. Probably drink and like play with Asta. So like, who won here? She did. <laughs> yeah, it's it's set up where you think she'll be like the sidekick character, but it turns out it's just this boring cop. <laughs> The cop I kind of really liked. Too, I though. liked the cop. I thought he was like a what? Cool, You're canceled. Like, Sarah likes cops. No, I like Sarah this likes particular all cop. <laughs> no, <laughs> guys, there are a few good apples, and one of them happens to be Detective Guild. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I liked. I liked the actor. I'll say that. I thought that okay, he was that's a, very that's like old timey. You know, like say pal what do you say pal like that kind of thing um 
I thought Crisis he was cool. role in the sequel. Uh, yeah, he's the only actor besides Asta or Skippy who reprises his role. And Powell and Loy. Do they? <laughs> I didn't know they were in the sequel. <laughs> they're like all movies. the sequels. Yeah, I'm they're all sure. sequels. Then there's a TV show too, which does not. Yeah. Happen. There's a musical. <laughs> Wait, why does the why does the Wikipedia oh, page the, say that? I've them? seen the pilot of the sequel. Or uh, yeah. I remember watching that. It was on like a it was on like one of my Get Smart discs as a bonus feature. Guys. I didn't is, like it. This is important. The Broadway show ran for nine performances and then closed. Ooh. It was the uh, <laughs> it was the turn off the dark of its time. Too the, ambitious. Ooh, his, in the review in time, the production was called A Crashing Bore. Cranky and arbitrary as a love story, teased and pointless as a murder mystery, ham-handed as comedy, club-footed as dance, and at best, wanly pleasant as music. But did it have a live dog on stage? Yeah, if they had a dog, maybe it would have changed. It does not look like there was a dog on stage. There you go. See? Oh my gosh. Funny you mentioned Turn Off the Dark. Uh, It had a nine-week preview period of 71 previews. Which held the record until Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark took it over. Uh, and then also, I want to point out that if it's 71 previews and it only lasted nine performances while open, that's pretty That's, that's pretty rough, incredible. buddy. <laughs> oh my, and Christine Baranski was in the original cast. What the, but back to the movie that I'm spawned sorry. this all. I just want to point out. That the Wikipedia page, it only says the cop reprises role. Like, he has a special, like, asterisk that's like, he reprises his role in the sequel. So that's what I thought, that he was the only one. Well, well he is yeah, the only fair. supporting character. Yeah. Yeah, Fine. Powell and Loy did all the movies together. Every movie, no. <laughs> so they don't... It takes It takes about 50 minutes for... Uh, Nick to decide he's actually going to take on the case. Um, And then from there, it just, it kind of feels a little rushed. They keep finding like more people get murdered. They find a dead body in the old shop of the, of uh, the thin man. And it just, there's some nice montages uh, throughout there. It's good cinematography, but man, it's just, it's like they are rushing towards that dinner. Yeah. Well, I mean the dinner, I was okay with rushing the dinner because the dinner was the good part of the movie, you know. Like, again, when I get when I get my two my two Charleses together, I really enjoy this. Three Charleses if the dog's there. Um, <laughs> I don't think the dog was there for the dinner, but he was there when uh, he was He's telling her, her plan beforehand. He's in the house. True, true. <laughs> He's probably eating yeah. a bone, a big like a comically large bone because he deserves it. <laughs> So then we make it to the ending. This is a quick episode, but you know what? I actually think this movie doesn't give you a lot to talk about. Well, I think it's good. We could, go I into, think- we could describe like every character and their like suspected motives, but I feel like that'd be Honestly, so much less interesting. I feel like, and this is kind of my overall feeling, I guess, of the movie. I feel like the mystery is not very strong. I didn't really realize yeah. there was a mystery until like the dinner scene. I was like, "Oh, I got yeah. to did it." <laughs> like, so the this the person who the killer who kills everybody is Winant's lawyer, and he's the first suspect. Hmm? I mean, no, sorry, no, it's okay. You can, no, you can say that. I feel like we should say why the movie's titled "The Thin Man." Yes, first. he's called the. It's called the Thin Man because he's a thin man. That's basically well, no, it's but it's because completely it. <laughs> They put the body, and they say this. We they put the body in the clothes, the skeleton in the clothes. But of they the refer fat to man. him. They refer to him as a thin man before that. Yes. Yeah, but my point is, is like, yeah, I think the fat man part though is relevant. That's all. I'm not sure if we've clarified this. Wynan turns up. It turns out that he never went on his trip. That he yes. was murdered, and that his body was hidden. And that's what Danny's talking about. Yes, because. Yes, they think Wynant's the one who killed everyone because the body was found with... But it's just a skeleton. A fat man. Yeah, the clothes were found in the the clothes... The, the skeleton was in the clothes of a fat man. That's what yes. I'm saying. Uh, and... But I think it's uh, our boy Charles. Our boy Charles. The boy Charles, not the girl Charles. Uh, discovers the shrapnel in his knee, I believe. Or in his shin. Yes. It's in his shin. 
And she's, he's like, well, I knew he had shrapnel in his shin. Ergo, I can assume that this is uh, Clyde Winant. And people just didn't, wouldn't think to investigate this because, oh, he's a thin man. No way would this be his, be found in these clothes. Yes. Yeah, and they already suspect he's alive because there's been some, like, uh, communication from, suspected communication from him to some and other he's, characters. He's being framed for the remaining, I mean, all of the murders, but the murders that are happening subsequently after his death yeah yeah i th- and i think that's part of the reason the murder the mystery doesn't really work is because it keeps changing at first it's like where is why why mm-hmm. then it's like who killed the mistress and then it's like then it turns into who is this actual dead body and stuff like that um and it's not until the dinner scene that it kind of all comes together so yeah so it turns out it's his lawyer um who we see in the very first scene um and it's the lawyer because he's been giving he the lawyer thinks that he's been giving his money to his mistress, but really the mistress was stealing the money. Um, but we already I mean, we saw that at the very beginning of the movie as well. So it feels like it's kind of a shallow mystery because we kind of already know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, yeah. I don't think this works as a mystery. Just to kind of repeat what Sarah just said. Just to kind of <laughs> um, I think if it works as anything, it works as an excuse to get two, two charming leads together. But then they um, aren't which is on why, screen for a half the mo- uh, a quarter, a thir- half hour. That's what I meant. Half hour. Yeah, which is, which is why I'm more interested in seeing the sequels and seeing if they have more screen time and more time together. You know, I just saw this. Morelli comes back in the fifth Thin Man movie. Wow. You can hear all about that on the next episode of Why Is with Ty and Dan. <laughs> I'm actually wrong. Everyone's favorite Thin CU Hold on, I'm actually wrong. Podcast. So Morelli doesn't come back, but the actor does playing a different character. Oh. <laughs> Named Brogan. Like how Christopher Eccleston should come back in the MCU to play Professor X. Or... Like how everyone should return to the sequel of Knives Out playing different characters, but we're not getting that world anymore. That'd be pretty funny. Oh, I was like, why not? But then I remembered. This <laughs> <laughs> casting, that's why. Uh, what if they remade Knives Out and they just swapped everyone's roles? Oh, wait, I'll be totally honest. This is what I was thinking of watching this with Knives Out. Uh, is I was like, you know, Knives Out should add a uh, wife or a husband for Benat Blanc. Uh, make a screwball, uh, you know what I mean? Screwball romance mystery. At least a dog. Yeah, a dog would be nice too. I, is Uggy still around? Who no, are the Uggie famous died. dog actors? Uggy died like who are the years famous ago. Dog actors? <laughs> <laughs> who, are the who are the dog actors working these days? Get the dog to play Togo in the the Home the Photo Togo movie. <laughs> anyway, um, everyone's looking at me confused because I was the one who saw Togo. Um, Isn't that a CGI dog? No, it's oh, real dogs. called the wild. Oh, yeah. Oh, there are real dogs in Togo. Too many CGI uh, dogs. This one was real. Get him on the film. Anyway, so the murderer is... As I said. We did that. It's the lawyer. <laughs> but we, did, we didn't dissect it. We were like, I, I didn't see it coming. Personally. Oh, no, yeah. I thought it was Cesar Romero. <laughs> oh, I thought it was... I already said I thought it was the mom. I mean, I mean... I thought it was probably... Chris Caesar Romero, but I mean, at that point, I honestly didn't really like care. <laughs> like, I just kind of—I felt like they were going through the motions. Because to me, I really thought the yeah. biggest mystery was like what happened to the Thin Man. Like, where did he go? And then they just were kind of like, "Oh, he's dead." So at he's that point, I—I I kind of lost my interest on the mystery side of it. But we liked watching oh. Nick. And his wife talk about stuff. Nora, Nick and Nora, I can't remember her name. <laughs> and the movie ends with Dorothy and her husband and then the Charleses. They're on a train and then the Charleses go into their room and there are two beds and they put they put the dog on one and then they go to the other. But that's off camera and the dog covers up his eyes. It's it's so cute. <laughs> yes. He likes he like tosses the dog up there, too. It's very it's very yeah. it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's the thin man. Yeah, actually, I was a little worried for the dog. I'll be honest. When he threw him, like, yeah, there's I was one like, I hope scene. That's a stunt double. This is completely unrelated to anything. But there's one scene with the dog where he's chasing a balloon, and the balloon pops, and the dog is so cute. And I, like, I loved uh, it. Speaking <laughs> of balloons, I like the scene where he just randomly cut back to. Wait, wait, we didn't talk about the scene where Nick just punches Nora in the face. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> that scene really sticks out. A gangster, a gangster, like goes into the room. Morale. Yeah, goes into their apartment because he wants to convince Nick that he did not kill this woman, and his way of doing that is by threatening to shoot him. So to get. <laughs> To get Myrna Loy out of the line of fire, he like just straight socks her in the jaw and knocks the her out. The sound is so like it's such like a dramatic punch noise, you know? It's very comic booky in a way, almost like how Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, she's out. And then she's then she comes back, she's like, You didn't have to knock me out, I would have been fine. It's just like there's no actual real apology from it. It's just like yeah. her specific complaint her specific complaint is that she wanted to see him beat the guy up. <laughs> yeah it's pretty yeah it's kind of weird very weird moment in this movie yeah i brought that up because the next morning and because you mentioned the balloons it's just nick shooting the balloons around the christmas tree with a gun he got well i read actually that that scene was improvised and that william powell was just actually destroying the ornaments like on set and then they just decided that he was going to start shooting them for real on screen <laughs> so That's pretty the funny. more you know <laughs> Lloyd did not like shooting the climatic dinner because Powell had too many lines to learn he said and then he couldn't even understand what he was saying <laughs> he's like I don't understand what plots the reveals is and so they had to do so many retakes and they only had one plate of oysters to bring it out under the lights. Oh, no. So it began to stink. Oh. And at the end of the scene, they're like, we never want to see another oyster again in our life. That's a quote from Lloyd's uh, autobiography. We never want to see another oyster again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thin man. I think that's our first real blockbuster. We've t- Well, I think this movie... I think we've watched movies that have been successful, but I think this is the first movie that's more designed to be a blockbuster than to be, like, something prestigious. Yeah. I mean, spawning spawning five sequels, a TV show, and an unsuccessful Broadway play is nothing to sneeze Where, at. Where's Lady for a Week? Come on. Come on. Uh, all right. Shall we just go straight into our, our game, or do we have anything else we want to say? I'll take that as we go straight to our game. I think, I, yeah, I think we're... Uh, <laughs> All right. As a reminder, it was nominated for Best Director, Best Actor, and Best Adaptation. What would you... What does it win for? Honestly, I'm torn between... I mean, I feel like I know what I'm going to say. And I feel like I'm going to say writing. However, I feel like it was really well directed. I thought that the chemistry between Loy and Powell was really good and like Powell agreed he thought that working with Loy was like really fun and I I, I'm gonna say writing because I think that the writing was very strong in terms of like their chemistry and well taken away from Riskin I know Caleb shaking his head you went to bat with him last week I want to talk about that quick um is that I think that's now a, we that's have, a we fine fi- choice. Well, no, we finally have reached a point of this show where we can't. I feel like we need to have the note that we should. Pro- I I know I've made this joke before too, where it's like, wow, you're taking away from women. Like when you said someone should win over Little Women. Uh, I think we should not really worry about who's what what award we're taking it away from. You know what I mean? Oh, Otherwise, don't worry, I never will. Well, because well, I'm thinking. Well, no, but I'm thinking <laughs> down the road when, like, say, let's say we get to like. 20 well you know like even uh i'm trying to think i don't know but you know what i mean like eventually when we go down the road and we get to like movies that we actually know like for example the irishman like if i say the irishman should have won director uh but i'm like oh but i want to take it from bong 
No, that's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like it, it, we, it's, we should yeah, really it's analyze what it like could, that. What it would be most deserving to yeah, win not is to how take I've it been looking from. at it. Okay, I just wanted to get that clarified out of the way in case you do want to pick writing because we're not going to take away well, your skins. I'm changing my mind. <laughs> because the rest of the writing is bad. It's not bad, but it's the mystery is not strong. And I feel like a lot of the chemistry really comes from putting these two particular actors together. Um, so for that reason, I will say director. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with writing. Uh, I actually didn't think the directing was too... Um, compared to the other stuff we've seen recently, I don't think the directing is anything special. Uh, myself. Uh... I like Powell, but I'll be honest, I'm interested to talk about the actor category next week because, again, we'll actually be able to, at least I will have seen all three nominees next time. So we'll be interested to talk about that then. But right now, I'm I'm more in the writing. I think this is a decent adaptation. As far as I know, I've never read the book. What you've said about the, the it's mainly the chemistry between them, but the chemistry only works with the writings there. So... I'm going with the adaptation. I think I think directing's not a bad choice. Um this is a fun movie to watch and I think that my problems with it mainly stem from the mystery and kind of the uh late introduction of our leads which I would pin on the writing more so than the direction. Um but I think I think I'll go with Powell. Um wow, we all he, I I think Loy's the better of the two. Um and if we're if we're counting the dog, he's obviously top tier. <laughs> but um, Powell definitely does a good job. I also want to say before we move on, um, to add to my reasoning for taking adaptation, it's just I kept talking about how this feels like it's influenced a ton of um, stuff today. Still, like I'm pretty sure, yeah, this was listed as an influence for *Knives Out*. Uh, so yeah, I wanted to mention that because it's like you know, if it has influence, it's got to be got to be decent. You know, <laughs> it has to have some level of decency to it. Uh, also, Hoodwink was based off the character in this, so who cares? Um, you know? Uh, anyway, uh, uh, so, add an Oscar nominee. I, I'm gonna stick on brand, y'all. Uh, I'm giving, I'm giving Best Actress to Loy. I'm kind of surprised she wasn't nominated for it. Um, this was still, the, we're also, still only at three noms. That's the thing. We're still only at three nominations. That, oh, yeah, that's true. Um, I would also say, though, that um, I think you could give this set design or cinematography. I don't think those would be bad choices, but I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with my brand of giving it actress. Yeah, uh, I'm also going to give it to Loy, but I also want to add someone else, something else to understand uh, to comprehend. You know what I mean? Uh, what about costume design? Because I remember Myrna Loy's big costume at one point. I was just like, that's a very fancy costume. I nominate you off that cost that dress alone, but yeah, Myrtleoy is my pick. Do well. I dare? <laughs> do it. You dare. Do it. Do it. I would give best supporting actor to <laughs> Skippy the dog. Yes. Yes. Oscar history is made. The dog was given. <laughs> okay, that sounds exactly like the type of thing that they would do, though, because he was like a big deal. And you know, I thought it's he was such great. a missed opportunity that Uggie was not nominated. I still think about that, that Uggie was snubbed in 2011. <laughs> so funny fact about that. They must have, I have a, like a deep memory of seeing them do the, do the best actor thing and putting up a, putting up Uggie. And like, to this day, I swear he was nominated. He wasn't, but like, it's in there. I think that it, his scene, I think uh, Jean Dujardin's like clip was like the breakfast scene if in the artist. If you guys know what I'm talking about, I haven't seen the artist in so long. I've seen but Uggie's in the, the scene. In theaters. Uggie's like in the scene. So what an icon! We love Uggie. But yes, Skippy. Um, best, I think you. Best supporting actor. Final answer. If if Skippy doesn't have a lifetime achievement award, what is the uh, <laughs> was the academy doing uh well i'll tell you what they're doing they're being the academy <laughs> so next week we will be watching a drum roll please it's from the same year same number of nominations the affairs of Cellini. Boop, 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 boop. Woo. 
Uh, all right. I, uh, <laughs> like, never heard what? of this one. <laughs> it is a Gregory Lacava film, who is a he's directed My Man Godfried and Stage Door, nominated for four Oscars, also won nothing. It's the same year as this. Was nominated for actor, as I said. So next week, assuming that you both have seen it happen one night, which I think I can assume, we can actually talk about the actor category, having seen all the nominations, which would be kind of cool for once. Oh, this has the Wizard of Oz in it, like the actual wizard. Okay. Uh, Frank Morgan. <laughs> yeah, he was not. He's the one who's nominated for best actor in it. So we, we'll be able to talk about him. We can talk about William Powell and we can talk about Mr. Gable next week as well. Uh, and of course, talk about the movie, too. Because uh, <laughs> I, yeah. All right. So, yeah, that is The Thin Man. I'm Danny Vincent. You can follow my other podcast, Wise with Ty and Dan. We are now doing a Marvel podcast. We're doing Loki stuff. But also, Caleb was just on it and Sarah was just on it. So you guys got to listen to it now because it's cross promo. Um, and you can follow me on Letterboxd at blank. I am Caleb Bunn. You can find me at Caleb from the Real World on Instagram and YouTube. You can find me at uh, The Myth King on Letterboxd. And you can check out all my other podcasts Hot Trash Unlimited, All New 52, Star Wars Therapy, and that's it. Um, yeah. Uh, so check me out. I'm Sarah Knoff. Uh, you can find me on Letterboxd, Sarah Knoff. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at SGK29 ESSGEKAY29. And the Snuff Club is also on. Oh, yeah, we have social media. Yes. I don't know if you guys knew that. We have a new Twitter handle. It's better than Snub Bun now, which yes. made no sense. It's Snub Club Pod. So. Snub Club Pod. And on Instagram, we are the Snub Club Podcast. And special thanks to our editor, Joe, uh, Joe Schrimmer, for turning this into something listenable. We didn't do too bad this week. I don't think. No, this one, I think this <laughs> I one think is, a, is a solid one. <laughs> well, it's early for me. <laughs> we keep saying our episodes are low energy. This just might be a low energy podcast. This might be a chill cast. No, we had a, we had a high energy episode a few weeks ago. Let's be, let's be real here. Uh, Unless we are talking about Skippy the Dog or Ned Sparks. We, are uh, we were high energy when we talked about uh, Aerosniff. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you with the affairs of Solini. See y'all next Bye. time. Bye.